who among us doesn't enjoy a good mystery? And especially when solving it means that I get to bring out my competitive side, even if it's just me against the clock, I just can't wait to uncover all the secrets. So June's Journey is a game that is completely up my alley, and I think you'll love it too. In June's Journey, a hidden object mystery game, you play as June Parker, who's on a quest to solve her sister's murder and uncover her family's many secrets. Each chapter brings you deeper into the story, and it's set in the Roaring Twenties, so beyond uncovering clues, you get to experience the glitz and glamour of the time. June's Journey is definitely not a game I play mindlessly, which I love because I get genuinely invested and a lot of it is a race against time, so there's a little fun added pressure of trying to find the clues as quickly as you can in each scene. There are also tons of ways to customize the island that you're on, learn more about the characters, and then new chapters are added weekly, so you really can't run out of things to explore. So if you think you're up to solve this case, download June's Journey for free today on iOS or Android or play on PC through Facebook games. June needs your help, detective. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional upheaval. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm gonna steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Way, Brady PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. to Fireteam Chat, IGN's Destiny Show. Joining me today is Fran Mirabella. Hey, Guardians. And some folks from Bungie, Deej and John. How are you guys doing this evening? Doing great. Good. It's, yeah. good. it's good to see you. So, John, we haven't had you on the show before. Why don't you tell people not. a little bit about what you do? Uh, I'm a gameplay designer, uh, so I work on the Sandbox team, um, and I'm primarily uh, in charge of weapons. So Got it. I mostly work on weapons. Not a small job. No. <laughs> yeah, there's lots of guns in Destiny. So you're, you're a legendary designer over there. Did no, nobody. Yeah. <laughs> so the weapons really haven't changed much in Destiny 2. You know, they're basically the same. Yeah, it was basically like Control C, Control V. I'm yeah, going. that's it. Right? Let's go to E3 and talk to Dustin. So, <laughs> <laughs> in all seriousness, though, you actually drastically revamped the weapon system in Destiny 2. Yeah. Your snipers in heavy, your rocket launchers in the heavy yep. slot, or. What's it called now? Power weapons. They power are now called power weapons. You sort of blew it up. Yeah. There's and yeah. There's a, there's a reason we actually changed that terminology, and it's it's a t- it's a tough one to stick because a lot of people still just refer to it as heavy, like oh get the heavy or like heavy ammo's up or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's like that we chose that word pretty carefully. Power a power weapon is like like we're trying to create like an experience like a power moment, right? Um, and a heavy weapon actually implies some weight, mm-hmm. implies some size and girth, which I think you know the rocket launcher machine gun from Destiny 1, they totally fill that role, right? And, and we actually slow you down when you have that weapon out a little bit. So it, 
feels heavy, it feels significant. Um, and that's not the case with a power weapon. Like, a, a power weapon is all about just having a potent power experience, right? So, like the fusion rifle, right, well, so, smaller. Yeah, fusion rifle, like, you, you're still light on your feet when you have a fusion rifle, and it's all about, you know, charging up and using it at the right time. You know, shotgun is all about, like, getting in close and doing some tight maneuvering. Um, so we don't want that to, we don't want to imply that it's going to be slow and heavy. Like, it's got to be powerful, right? Mm. So, power weapon. Definitely. Yeah. Deep. Go ahead. Oh, sorry, no. Deej, what has the community reception been like to the, the weapon changes? Well, I think anytime you introduce change into something that people love, there's a certain amount of skepticism. Anxiety. Anxiety <laughs> balanced by hopeful optimism. I hope it's cool, but if it's not, I'm going to be mad. And, you know, there's certain ways I like to play Destiny. Um, it's always that interesting push-pull between I want you to surprise me, but I don't want you to upset you know any of my habits. Mm -hmm. um, so that's... One of the things that we really feel makes Destiny a sequel, uh, you know, what is Mark Noseworthy said, we're breaking some bones. You know, we're, we're reaching into the sandbox that people have really become intimately acquainted with, and we've said we've got some different ideas, and we're going to do some different things. Uh, I think the community reaction to anything until they've actually played it is purely speculative. But I think a lot of people came out of the gameplay reveal event that we had earlier in the month uh, pretty happy. You know, some of our some of our toughest customers, some of our staunchest and most vocal critics, you know, guys like Triple Rec, you know, mm -hmm. like I didn't get to talk to him much, but I made eye contact at one point and I was like, <laughs> and he was like, and he went. <laughs> so that's good. I mean, that's a good basis upon which to build. Uh, at E3, we're welcoming thousands of people to come into the three booths where you can find us to play that game. And, and you make eye contact with every I, one Every of single them. one of them. I just sit there at the end of the line and I'm just like, and as they come out, I'm like, you get a nod, or yeah, yeah no. <laughs> but that's kind of uh, that's kind of how we're opening the aperture, if you will, to yeah. kind of give everybody a good vision as to what this is. Is we had hundreds of people at the gameplay reveal, we'll have thousands of people at E3, and then the beta is where hopefully we are joined by millions of people who will get their hands on this new game, experience that new action, and help us test the things that we're going to be doing to bring everybody together on the day of launch. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Heavy was pretty sparse in uh, Destiny 1 and uh, throughout the years. So what I've been thinking about a lot and been asked a lot, especially in PvE, mm -hmm. uh, like is, are the drops any different? Um, in other words, maybe a better question is, is it more of a primary energy type gameplay focus? Because I remember going through some raids and moments where like the sniper especially you are really just relying on it. Not as much rockets, but like losing a sniper I think people are thinking about um, is it more weighted towards being a primary game? Um, yes and no. <laughs> uh, so, so we're actually this is something that we're still working on yeah. right now with the sort of the final moments we have before test and production like physically lock us out of making changes. Yeah. Um, actually, handcuff our hands <laughs> to the arms of our chairs. That's really awkward. Um, <laughs> But so, yeah, that's that's one of the things that we're 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 very finely tuning with the time that we have left is uh, ammo availability for the power weapon slot in all game modes, um, because uh, I think I, I, we were worried that there's going to be a lot of skepticism, and I did see some out there that like this is a change that is only focused on the PvP game, and that's absolutely not true. Yeah. Um, it's it's about like again, it's what, what I was saying earlier, it's about having a potent power experience, and you can have that in PVE or PvP, right? That's that's the time where like. Like, you know, following your sniper example, like, it's critical to have a sniper in a raid, and we know that, and there's going to be a moment where the sniper steps up and says, okay, 
I'm using my power ammo, right? And it's going to play a little bit like heavy ammo, but it's it's not going to be as sparse. We're still fine tuning exactly how available it's going to be, and we're we're also hopefully working on some mechanics that are that are more like, you know, ground into the into the combat game of like if you see this type of enemy and you take them out, you know they're going to drop a purple brick for you. So, um, so, so there's going to be an element of that as well. Are you expecting players to sort of play different roles more because of it? It sounded like you were getting so. at that. It's like, oh, yeah. I'm I the genuinely sniper, hope so. I'm the rocket. Yeah, I genuinely hope so. I think it's that, it's one of the things I love about um, you have all these different archetypes that are going to sit in the power weapon slot, and you can only have one gun equipped at a time. So it, you know, players they get they get to make this awesome choice about like what what is my emotional identity when I pull out one of these weapons like who do I want to be do I want to be the guy who like rushes down and shotguns everything like do I want to be our the party's demolition <laughs> guy right like 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 who's got the rockets and then you know I think some people are going to make a really like immediate decision about what they want right and then they're going to they're going to be the, the person in their fire team who's like okay I'm running snipes and that's going to open up other questions for the other for the other people who are yeah. raiding with them and it's like okay who's got shotgun who's got fusion you know who's doing grenade launcher right <laughs> so yeah I, I really hope that's it cool. goes there yeah Let's talk inventory and drops. Now, we see a lot of the am ammunition dropping in the real world right now, but mm -hmm. we're not seeing any engrams or anything. Has that changed? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm actually, so that's, that's more of the, uh, the investment team. Mm -hmm. um, and all I can say is that they've been working just as hard as we have to make the game as awesome as possible for the investment stream. So, Got it. It's yeah. also a subject of fine-tuning right up yeah. until the moment where they say, you're done. No one's checking any more changes in. That's the game you're shipping. I mean, they will they will tinker with that. They will iterate on that mm -hmm. until the last possible moment. And yeah. that's not one of the things that we're really opening up to conversation uh, probably until the game launches. Uh, that's not something that people should expect to uh, engage with uh, here at E3. Uh, that's not something that I think you should expect to engage with during the beta. I remember last time we did all of this back in 2014, there was we had the alpha here at E3. Uh, people were, were exploring all of old Russia. Mm -hmm. So that by the time they got to the launch game, they thought, well, I mean, I've done everything there is to do on the first destination. And I've already explored the second destination. So you had to get halfway through the game before you even saw new real estate. Yeah. We're keeping our cards a little bit closer to the vest this time. Mm -hmm. um, not out of the interest of deception or a lack of faith in our ability to do something cool, but because the way you discover these things, the way you unlock your potential, the way you upgrade your character, these are all fun moments of discovery in Destiny. Your first engram should be a happy moment. Uh, you know, the way you decrypt those things and the way it adds to your character is part of your journey as a player, especially after you've been busted down, not even to private, but you've been busted down to some person that used to be a guardian and is yeah. now limping out into the wild wondering what what will happen to me now um, and because people know what destiny is because we used to tell people well there'll be these public events and there'll be a game that you play with other people and they'll say well how does that work I don't understand what you're talking about so finally we just said okay everybody gets to play the alpha here we are at E3 everybody just go play the game everybody jump into some public events mm -hmm. and then by the end of the beta we had people who had a vault full of like engrams and blue guns that they liked you know and it's like do I get to keep my Shinjin E yeah. when the game comes out and we're like you're not gonna you're not gonna want that Shinjin E after yeah. you get your first legendary but these things felt very real in the minds of players. And with this beta, what we want to do is really give people an opportunity to enjoy the action and give us an opportunity to test our machines behind the curtain. So one thing a lot of players do want is Rumble. Now, you've said all your games are 4v, game modes are 4v4 and Crucible. Mm -hmm. What does that mean for the Rumble experience? 
means it's going away. It's just gone? For now, Rumble is gone. Oh, boy. Uh, the Crucible is unified as a 4v4 engagement. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody says, I'm a solo player. It's like you will make a fine addition to <laughs> any team through matchmaking. Uh, Destiny is, in many respects, a cooperative experience. Uh, we want the Crucible to be where teams of players come together to fight together and to figure out how they can complement each other's play styles. And, uh, you know, the, the alpha testing at home has been a ton of fun so far. Yeah, I bet. Mm -hmm. We can help out. I mean, if you guys need <laughs> anyone, we know people. We absolutely um, need you guys in the beta. So, <laughs> and I know you'll be there. <laughs> we'll see. Every one we'll that you release. Tough customer. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll talk about it offline. Yeah. Um, related to that, actually, part of that conversation has been that um, it's the speculation from the community. Oh, well, they're just listening to Triple Lurack and the competitive players. So 4v4 is going to be intense. How would you respond to that? That the mm -hmm. difficulty is increasing, perhaps, because it's closer to trials. I would say that we are, there was a lot of talk at the gameplay reveal event about how the 4v4 shift makes the game more competitive and a lot of people were saying, oh, well, are you going to be an eSport now? And it's yeah. like, really, our focus on Destiny and anybody who has played the game really understands this. Our game is on social gameplay. Uh, so while 4v4 puts more of an emphasis on every single player, uh, I think the more we talk about this and the more we take a look at what our goals really are for the Crucible, uh, the learnability of those encounters is really what is at the heart of this. The ability to say, Crucible is full of chaos, it's full of combat, it's full of explosions, you're getting outflanked from every direction, but if it's 4v4, you have a better opportunity to really understand why you lost. Even with the new Crucible heads-up display, you can yeah. see, you know, like, oh, we got all hunters on the other side, and two of them have their supers ready, so let's yeah. play differently. One of them just picked up heavy ammo, so let's batten down the hatches and let's fight them close quarters. You know, we're a giving people the information they need to make better choices about combat. I mean, you're in play test more often than I am. You're up in every day, in the every single day, every day. So, yeah. I mean, what have your experiences been in terms of taking it to four v four, and how does it? How would you describe it? Yeah. as being different. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely different. I think it, it definitely affects the pacing of a PvP match. So there's you know there's less there's less just chaos happening all over the place. And it you seems know, slower when I played it. It is slower, yeah. And and part of that too is the new the move to power weapons too, mm -hmm. right? So you don't nobody has ready access to this like one hit kill monster at all times, right? Um, so yeah, it, it definitely plays a little bit slower. And then I I think one of the best changes about it is because there's less people spawning in, dying all over the place. Mm -hmm. There there are less of those moments where you know, your your team is working together and you're setting up on a point and all of a sudden you just get shot in the back of the head by some guy who spawned over there and flanked your team. I mean, that still happens. It's still totally possible to make a flanking play in the game. Um, but it's uh, the, the game is just way more, like, predictable and, and understandable and learnable now. Um, so pacing is definitely, like, it's good. It's nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. And before we move on, I want to bring this all the way back home to the original root of your question. Uh, certainly we listen to influential people in our community with large audiences. A lot of times they're speaking to us on behalf of their constituents, if you will. So certainly we listen to Triple Rec. We listen to, uh, you know, poor Triple Rec is really being picked on in this show. I know. Uh, Destin. We listen to Destin. Yeah, we listen to Destin. We listen to Dado. We listen to Fran. We listen to everyone. We listen to everyone. If you're talking to us on the feedback forum, if you're engaging us on Twitter, we listen to every single player. And for a player who's sitting there thinking to, my, th thinking to themselves, oh, great, well, I'm not spending all of my time talking to these guys about my opinions, which means I don't have a voice in the game, you can see data for every single player. 
He yep. can see where you're spending your time in the game. He can see what your favorite mission is, what your favorite weapons have been. Every single player who picks up a gun and fires a single shot in the world of our game has a voice in terms of the player data. So while there is always uh, a very vocal contingent of our community that gives us interesting ideas and confirms a lot of our theories, mm -hmm. there is a balance between the influential streamer or YouTuber and the things that we can understand about the entire community based on which weapons are equipped most frequently or what are the ratios of shotgun usage to fusion, fusion rifle usage. I mean, these are the things that you know John and his team agonize over yeah. it, it does every weapon in this sandbox have a logical application at some point during the player experience yeah what were some of the challenges you found uh getting all the consoles to 4k <laughs> <laughs> well are you a graphics engineer i'm not a graphics engineer I'm nor a, a programmer <laughs> i'm not a graphics engineer no. either um yeah that's yeah, it's not really the all best. my stuff just worked it's not <laughs> It's not the best. It's not the best question for us. And really, yeah. we've confirmed uh, we've confirmed 4K for uh, PlayStation 4 Pro. Mm -hmm. uh, have not made any promises about Scorpio as of yet. Uh, it's a very recent development. They just mm -hmm. announced two days ago. So we are working behind the scenes to see what its future holds for us. And uh, these are uh, announcements that we'll make some point in time, but I didn't want to let any assumptions or, or presumptions go unchecked. Oh, okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, PC, of course, totally on cap. Uh, I believe, yeah, here at E3, it is a, uh, it's 4K, mm -hmm. 60 frames per second. Uh, I've, I've heard that the PC build will be uncapped. We haven't talked mm -hmm. a lot about specs. Mm -hmm. We haven't talked about exactly what you'll need to build in order to enjoy it at its fullest mm -hmm. potential. Yeah, Luke mentioned it again today on an interview, so there's that. Yeah. So it seems that, but we get it as an unfinished product, of course. It is, it is indeed. And, uh, you know, everything we say until, uh, everything we say about the PC build until October 24th is us talking about something that is sort of growing in its crib right yep. now. And can you confirm that it is 30 frames per second on all the consoles? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All of the console versions of Destiny will be 30 frames per second. Okay, got it. Uh, one of the most. Just sorry, I did want to go back to just finishing off the Crucible conversation. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry to the host. Um, but you had mentioned it was a little slower. I just wanted to confirm, Time to Kill is a little longer, right? Yes, correct. correct. That was an yeah. intentional choice. That is an intentional choice, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But that's, it's not, it's not necessarily like longer on a, in a DPS way. I mean, we, we are still tuning, fine-tuning the damage in the DPS, like how many hand, hand cannon headshots yeah. it'll take to kill a guy. Yeah, three shots. But it's just, it's more of a, it's more of a net... Uh, result of a bunch of little changes that the PvP team has made, the sandbox team has made. Um, yeah, there's, there's okay. just a whole bunch of, of little things that all work together to just sort of like slow down the pace of the game. A yeah, bit. I, I really enjoyed that. And then radar has come up a ton, and I don't know if you've talked about it. How far does the radar sort of extend? That's been a big conversation yep. that you can see too far in Destiny as yeah. it is today. Has that been tuned? Uh, yes, we have. So we have clamped that. Uh, it's it's not going to do the thing. In Destiny 1, it does a thing where if you don't see anyone, if nobody pings your, your radar, then, and you can't find anyone to fight, you can't find the fight, we would then say, okay, increase the distance. And it was, it was all meant to help players be able to find combat, right? Because mm -hmm. you never know what's going to happen with a spawning system in a dynamic game like that. And you, you would occasionally have players like spawn in and be like, okay, I think I need to go that way. And they run that way and the combat is flowing this way around the map. And then, <laughs> They never find anybody, right? <laughs> yeah. like it, it can be frustrating. Yeah. And that's that's why we made that change, right? But then, yeah, absolutely, it, 
it had some ramifications to flanking and strategy. And so, yeah, we've definitely, we've clamped that down a little bit. And then, um, yeah, one of the things we've been talking about over at the booth at the show is that, is that we're, we're tying our maps to our modes a lot closer now. So the, yeah. the, the maps are being made with a specific mode in mind. And so that's, that's allowed us to like shrink the size a little bit. So now we can actually say like, well, if combat is happening over here, we, we can basically tune the environment in a way so that, uh, there are viable flanking routes and, and you have opportunities for strategy there. Okay. So. And then the last question on that was, does movement, speed of movement or sound impact it? Because I know you guys tuned the sound yes. of footsteps. Does it impact the radar? Like, can you sort of quietly get into radar? Uh, yeah, so, no, yes. We, we do that, like, we do the thing that we do in Destiny 1 where when you crouch, you go off radar for a little bit and then you pulse and then you're off and then you pulse. And that's, that's just to basically, like, say, like, like, yeah, you can be stealthy, but we don't want you just hiding in a corner for an entire match. That's not fun for anybody. Right. And yeah, all I remember <laughs> uh, that was, like, can you walk It's fun walk for the guy that hides in the corner. Yes. Yeah. Oh, walk oh, walk slow? slow? No. Yeah, I mean, when you crouch, no. you're if off. You're, if you're standing, you are in combat. Okay. You will show up on radar. Uh, if you're crouching, you will pulse. We slowed it down a little bit, though, so that you have more time stealthed now cool. in D2. So when I play Crucible to Combat, always founds me. One way I want to go find combat is yeah. in Lost Sectors and uh -huh. the new exploration of the planets. How is that going to work? Are we going to be able to see those on our map and go to them? Are they going to be kind of dynamic? Do you know? Yeah, yeah. you'll see them on your map. It's really the, the characters that you meet in the world. They'll put them on your map. Oh, okay. So the map will... Uh, the map will unlock and unfold in front of you as your adventure progresses. When you first touch down in a brand new destination, uh, you may see one thing on your map. But as you start completing those missions, as you start completing those adventures, the, the characters that you interact with that give you your marching orders, that equip you with your rewards, uh, there's sort of this progressive now-go-do-this relationship with, that you have with those NPCs. And uh, eventually you pull up your map and you've got all these new things that you'll be able to do. Uh, the whole goal is to keep you in the world of the game and the game being this dynamic experience that develops as you play it. Yeah. And how are you encouraging exploration beyond the, the main quest line? Beautiful art, bad guys that are fun to shoot, sparrows that are fun to drive, those sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, we're giving you more things to do in the world. Uh, you know, you've, we've talked about the adventures. We've talked about the lost sectors. We've talked mm -hmm. about the quests. We've talked about the story missions. So we're going to fill that world up with action. We're going to mm -hmm. fill that world up with fun things to do. Uh, exploration is really a matter of I want to move around and I want to do whatever I want to do. Mm -hmm. I want to go wherever I want to go. One of my favorite ways to play Destiny is sometimes to just sort of take away any of the urgency, to take away any of the need for tactical chatter and to catch up with a friend of mine and just get on our sparrows and motor through the world. And it's like, oh, this looks like something fun to shoot. Let's jump off and let's you know, engage these enemies. Let's mop up. Oh, here's a public event. Let's, you know, let's rock it off to that public event. It's right on our map. It starts in one minute. We can get there in time. Let's see who's there. Uh, I love arriving at a public event, especially after we've had, like, a content launch. Yeah. And seeing if I can arrive there with somebody who has, like, a really low light score and be that guy where their back is up against the wall and they're fighting an enemy and this sparrow comes over the bluff and some dude leaps off and Nova bombs this thing that's giving him a huge, you know, a hassle and then mm -hmm. just, like... 
and yeah. then I'm back aboard my Sparrow and I rock it out of the bubble, just leaving that guy standing there like, who was that guy? Who was that? What was that? Was awesome. I want to be that good someday, you know. And that's one of the great things about Destiny is when you first join that community and when you first start playing that game, there's always someone you can look at and say. I want to be that awesome someday. Only with you, Deej, is you, you pull up on your sparrow and then you trip as you get off. I trip as I get off and I then fall you on my my head. Yeah, that's great. This I'll moment of humility out, is yeah. brought to you by IGN Fireteam Shed. Yeah. <laughs> you guys uh, always have had different difficulties with strikes and stuff like that, but with the campaign seeming to be seems to be more of the you go through the campaign a lot, that's a thing. Are you going to have different um, difficulties out of the gate for the campaign? You know, some games have that approach. You come right out the gate. Yeah. You can go extremely hard. Um, My understanding of the campaign, it is it is this linear experience. Very few things in Destiny are linear. But one of the things we want to do with campaign, with the redesigned director, is you always know what's the next thing you should do. You always know, like, which story mission should I play next? That one. And, the, and that campaign leads you through the progression of your character. Mm -hmm. Because the whole theme of Destiny is that you start from nothing. Well... You start yeah. being awesome, and then you and get Gary brought to nothing, up. and then Gaul shows up. I said, this Gary stuff has to stop. <laughs> it <does>. got <laughs> to stop. Well, never, nobody's going to be confused when they have this big, beautiful guardian, and it, that, that superhero is stripped of all the weapons and all the powers and everything that makes them badass. And if you think you're going to be walking around as you limp out of the city going, oh, we showed Gary, didn't we? It's like, he's Gaul. He is Dominus Gaul, and he's the baddest enemy that we've ever set in your path. And if you don't learn some respect, you're going, you're going to be taught respect. Yeah, right. He's going to teach you. <laughs> uh, but anyway, um, enough, enough joking around yeah. with that. Uh, so, like, difficulty-wise, though, I was wondering if we could expect, like, is it a light-level structure that it's, you wait to get higher light-level? Meaning yeah. other games with campaigns, you can just, like, Halo, you know, you can just choose a, better dif a harder difficulty. Or Destiny right. right now with Rage, you can put it on hard versus... You can, normal. right, right. But when you first start playing Destiny 2, the idea is that... You are reduced to rubble. You and I everything see. you've been sworn to protect is reduced to rubble. And the story campaign is how you kind of take your character back up to the heights that it needs to be at so that you can launch a counteroffensive and reclaim our home. So it's about loss and recovery. Awesome. So you're working on the arsenal. How do I find those new weapons that are going to be the most coveted items in the game? Uh, I mean, so they're all going to be available through the loot stream, like, mm -hmm. like in Destiny 1. Um, and and uh, there's been some changes to the uh, how the vendors work. Mm -hmm. So, and, and I think predominantly you're going to be looking to um, engrams that drop, and then leveling up uh, reputation with different vendors to get packages to uh, to find weapons. Like faction vendors. Uh, the factions are not gone. Um, I honestly, I'm not sure what the latest plan is for the faction vendors. Then say right nothing. <laughs> so, and that's where I'll leave that. But uh, yes, there's. The faction vendors are there, and there will be, a, you know, a set of dead orbit weapons, a set of new monarchy weapons, a set of future Got robot it. weapons. Specifically, with exotic weapons, in Destiny 1, you guys started this really great trend of having uh, really fleshed out story missions for some of the exotics, mm -hmm. like the Gallahorn here, too, and such. Mm -hmm. Can we expect that sort of experience with the sequel? Yes. There will be some of those. Awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's how I'm going to get my uh, sidearm. I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head. Sunless? So... The Sunshot? Sunshot. Yeah, Sunshot. Yeah. Everybody sunshot. says New Fatebringer. Yeah. I'm like, let's call it the Sunshot. <laughs> that's, that's a hand cannon, to be clear. Hand yeah. cannon sidearm. So yeah. the big difference there. Nice. There will be a story experience for that, that unlock. Uh, not, probably not that weapon, but yeah, there are, there are a handful of weapons that are, that are going to get a quest. Awesome. So yeah. some are drops, some have a quest. That's yeah. really good information mm -hmm. to know. Yeah. yeah. And the Destiny 1 story experience wasn't altogether 
rewarding from a drop perspective, mm -hmm. right? Like there were certain people that went all the way through the Destiny One story. Here's experience. your stranger's rifle. Here's your stranger's <laughs> rifle. There oh. were plenty of people that churned out of Destiny without ever earning or equipping yeah. an exotic weapon. Mm -hmm. We're not going to let that happen again. Uh, yeah. Not to make any specific promises about when you'll get your first exotic or what that experience will be like, but we are very aware of the fact that some of the best moments in Destiny, earning your first exotic, finishing your first raid, were things that were enjoyed by a small minority of the overall player base. Mm -hmm. You know, like Luke Smith at the gameplay premiere talked about the fact that of all the players that reached the level 20 rank cap, and then leveled up enough to even qualify for a raid, half of them were able to form up a fire team and complete that raid. Uh, now, with some of the original design for the raids, they were saying this is the activity for the hardest of the hardcore. Mm -hmm. So the fact that that number was 50%, that's you guys. <laughs> we made the raids for you guys. Yeah. But there might be some people out there in your audience who are like, that's not me, and correct, Deej, I never finished a raid. Mm -hmm. uh, while more people finished raids than we ever anticipated. Hmm. We also have really come to think that while so many people feel like raids are some of the best content in the game, mm -hmm. the onus is on us to expose that content to more people, which but, is why the guided games and mm -hmm. which is why the better connective tissue, you know, this isn't to say that we're making raids easy so everyone can play them. No, sir. No, sir. It's still going to be like, Hit, be, it's still going to be like getting hit in the head with a phone book in a dark room. Uh, but we're going to let more people enjoy getting hit in the head by that phone book in that dark room. They're going to love it. You're going to love great. it. Isn't that, I'm selling it so hard right now. Put that on the marketing material. Yeah. What are some of the experiences internally you've found with uh, adjusting the weapons? Like, uh -huh. you go in, I know you guys have a room where you test multiplayer yes. endlessly. Yeah. Uh, what's been some of the, <laughs> the weapons that you've had to adjust to bring them into balance? <laughs> and uh, what has been, like, just a really fun moment? Um, so, I mean, yeah, most of the exotics started really, they start strong, right? Because that's, that's sort of, like, part of the design strategy is just, like, Okay, turn it up to like 15 or 16 and mm -hmm. then get it in a playtest and see how loud people yell. And then sometimes, like, I make a bad bet and I'm like, this is way too strong. This is going to be crazy. Mm -hmm. And nobody cares. And they're like, this is great. This is fun. <laughs> like, to totally playable. And like, this doesn't feel overpowered at all. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. All right. And then some, yeah, most, most of the time, like the first, first couple of times people get their hands on an, on an exotic or like a new weapon archetype or something, they're just like, no, we will, Please tell me we're not shipping this. Like this, like this is going to ruin everything, right? Um, so, so yeah, we usually we try and start hot and then and then like bring it down a little bit until and you just sign a good faith too from the studio. Too. It's like, oh, oh, okay, they're not going to try and break the game. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, good, uh, a great experience during weapon development. Um, I might need a minute. That's all right. Deej, what about you through one. development? What's been one of your most rewarding experiences internally with the team? You know, I actually, and I, I said this to John before we came down here, mm -hmm. uh, it's very difficult for me to participate with the team throughout development. Because if I fall in love with a certain feature and I find myself in an environment like this, you know, talking about how much I love a certain feature or how much I love a certain moment, and then they might be like, you're not up on current events, buddy. <laughs> that's, that's completely changed. Not gone, <laughs> but like it could completely change. Mm -hmm. So I, I will admit to you that I come late into development. Uh, so my best moment, uh, I think, so far in development happened in uh, the alpha. 
on my couch a week ago. So I'm like, okay, we're going down to E3. I'm going to play some Countdown. And I didn't get to play a lot of Countdown, obviously, at the gameplay premiere or even prior. So I sat down on my couch, formed up a dream team. I got me. I got Cosmo. Uh, I got Elliot Gray, who makes all of our blog art. And I got Lars from the Crucible team. So we go through and, you know, the people in this alpha are people that we work with, uh, you know, some of our favorite partners. We are playing in this alpha. We go undefeated for two hours. And I'm playing well. I'm feeling mean. I'm feeling <laughs> smart, most, most importantly. There are a lot of Crucible matches where I haven't even had the opportunity to feel smart. You're playing control, stand here, and try to unlock B, and it's like, yep, there's the Voidwalker. Here we go. We're all going to die, right? <laughs> but when we're playing Countdown, we can start, and I can say, okay, guys, you go over to this objective. I'm going to go to this objective, but I'm going to go loud. And so I'm going, and I'm throwing grenades, and I'm shooting my guns, and I'm mm -hmm. flying up in the air, making myself an obvious target. Everybody comes over to fight me. Meanwhile, they all swing around. They arm the other objective, and by the time they know what's going on, my three teammates are dug in. They're now moving over to confront them at that countdown that has begun, mm -hmm. and it's too late because those guys are on their game and they're ready to go. So I got to feel like a valuable member of a team. I got to feel like <laughs> I turned the tide yeah. of battle by literally being like, yeah. hi, shiny object, you know. And You're like Kevin Costner in Dances with Wolves. I'm just like, I'm just like <laughs> Kevin Costner. Yeah, just, just like, um, you know, and then and, you know, conversely, like, me and Lars would break up as one team, and then Cosmo and Elliot would break up as another team. You know, and Lars and I are talking to each other. It's like, okay, I'll take farthest right flank. They're going to hop over the boat. They're going to come up with this ramp. I'm going to be ready for them. Lars would say, Deej, take power ammo. You know, like we're coordinating with each other. Uh, you know, Cosmo and Elliot are doing the same thing. They're like, we're getting hit hard over here, guys. Come over and help. You know, and then Lars would swing over, and I'm like, just in case they're using the same, so, you know, like, you know, faint parry and riposte, mm -hmm. you know, strategy that we used on them. I'm going to stay over here. You know, like, no, Deej, we're actually getting hit really hard. Come on over. You know, and I can come over and because I'm late to the game, I can, I'm out flanking people. I'm sneaking mm -hmm. in behind them. You know, I'm like melee, you know, shotgun attack because I pulled the power ammo. I mean, I just feel like the Crucible is a place where moments that you choose can happen. Mm -hmm. Whereas before, I just felt like you know, it always just came straight at me like a hairdryer aimed at your face, you know. And I didn't really understand what happened. You know, I got vaporized and my embers were carried away with some beautiful particle effects, but I couldn't tell you what happened, mm -hmm. you know. And now with this new Crucible in the Alpha, I feel like I have good stories that come out of the Crucible that I can tell that I understand. That's cool. That's awesome. And there may be competitive people, you know, out there in the community, you know. The, the loomies, the, the, yeah, the, the loomies of the world might be like, you're just such an idiot. I have tons of good <laughs> stories from the Crucible. But I feel like this new Crucible caters to me as a player. You know, like understanding those binary objectives, understanding ways to you know, sort of commit the enemy in different ways and flank them in ways that they might not be expecting. Mm -hmm. uh, some of my best Crucible matches in the game of Destiny have happened in the Destiny 2 Alpha playing this new mode. What about you? So I got two. Um, <laughs> I talked so, a long time. Yeah. So you, <laughs> I, Let them think. I'll, t I'll, I'll try and be quick. Um, so one of them was uh, one of the f one of the first like take home builds we did of the game. Yeah. Where there was this big push internally to get a whole bunch of our stuff in the game so we could like evaluate it like a first dry run of like this is what it's going to feel like playing through the game, starting a new character, going through all the leveling stuff, and then trying to hit end game, which is hard to do. You know, I mean, like you guys have played Destiny, like it takes a while. Um, it takes a serious time commitment. So it was a build that was going to sit at home for a while with the studio, and we were just like, we would all try and play it as much as we possibly could and see yeah. how far we could get. So, um, so I'm playing and starting a new character, and I'm going through the campaign, and you know, I'm just experiencing like the leveling game of like, okay, like, and 
me and uh, me and Greg, the other weapons designer, had gotten all, pretty much almost all of our guns in the game. Like we we worked really hard to get all the stuff in there to be really representative. And so we're leveling, and we're you know getting you know white guns, green guns, blue guns, and light levels going up, and it's and it's good, and it's playing well. It's like okay, and then uh, there's a moment where. I got my first exotic. Oh, right? and it was Sunshot, the mm-hmm. hand cannon that we have, uh, and and I was still, um, you know, I'm still, I'm still at the point where I have, I don't, like Deej said, we're trying to get these things into players' hands earlier, mm-hmm. so I'm still in the leveling game, uh, I'm and I'm still looking at at blues, and and you know weapons like that right now, and then okay, so I have my first exotic. Okay, awesome, I have Sunshot, and and so I launch into it into the next mission in the campaign, and I start using it, and I was just like. Oh my god, it's good! Like it's good, it's so good. And like Sunshot, uh, part of its exotic behavior is everything you kill explodes, mm-hmm. and that explosion can kill other things. So you can like popcorn, like so if you yeah. have like a bunch of ads and you get a headshot, it'll be like like that. It's like it's awesome when you get it to work. Um, and yeah, it's just this moment of like um, you know I'm I'm playing the game in a very analytical way, looking at my work, trying to feel out different combinations of weapons, and then I, I get like one of the things that's supposed to be fun and I get it and I'm like, oh I don't care about my work stuff anymore. <laughs> I was like, oh it's so good. Like and I'm getting like, you know, weapons dropping at a higher light level. I was like, don't care, don't care, don't care. I'm just gonna use this for a long time. And and that was like that was really awesome and validating. Um, the other thing uh, is is a little bit higher level. It's not really a specific moment, but um so I was on the Bungie Bungie podcast uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And um and we have a really, we have a really healthy culture at work of criticism and internal critiques. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is something that that Luke and Mark were talking about, where like the new weapon system, power weapons, energy kinetic, was a tough sell. Like yeah. it was, it was a bet that the sandbox team made at work, and and there was a fair amount of healthy internal skepticism from people like Luke Smith, the effing creative director <laughs> of the project. And you know, and that's that's a tough spot to be in, right? And um, and sometimes when you're in that situation, the thing that you believe in doesn't make it right. Um, and it's you know it's it's rarely it never feels good, but it's really like mean, right? Like the, mm-hmm. They're not being mean about it, but you know we're just not aligned on a thing, and, and it doesn't come out. But so that's that's one that um, you know we tried to take that hill, and we took the hill. And I re- I remember over the period of a couple of months, like as the content was coming together. You know, the audio was coming in, the effects were coming in, like, like the artists were like doing like final passes on the guns and like people are playing it and you know, we have these take home builds and random people are coming up to me telling me stories about the things that they were doing in the, in the game and then like, you know, Luke is coming out of playtest being like, oh my god, I had this combination of these perks and it was just, it was awesome and just like, this like slow validation of this, this thing that, you know, had some skepticism in that, like, I believed in, but also, like, I was plagued with self-doubt the whole time, right? It's just like, this is, uh, is this going to work? Like, I think it's going to be good, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. And then, like, seeing it come together and then organically having people just, like, love it was just, like, was huge. Like, it was awesome. So, yeah. Cool. Awesome. Oh, great stories. Yeah. This is yeah. where we are as creators. We have an established world that is inhabited by a deeply passionate community. So we want to make a sequel. We're going to put a two on the box. <laughs> And yeah. a com- comedy size, too. <laughs> yeah. uh, so we need to go in and we need to do new things that will surprise them. We need to do things that will challenge them in some new and exciting ways. But even when the developers are saying to the designers, you're breaking too much. You're, mm-hmm. you're stretching yeah. this too far. Yeah, you're asking the, <laughs> the sandbox meta to have way too much elasticity. Uh, you know, we're in a world where we're traveling this road in, in telling these new destiny stories. And on one cliff is more of the same. And on the other cliff is this doesn't feel like a Destiny game anymore. And I think a lot of us feel like 
we're in a good place where we're telling a new story in four new worlds. You know, there's still beautiful places to explore. The guns are still fun to shoot. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we're doubling down on story in some new and exciting ways. So we feel pretty good about the fact that Destiny is a sequel. We're taking some chances. You know, we're placing some bets with where the community's willing to follow us. But at the same time, we're delivering on the things that they've always said. The worlds of destiny are beautiful places I love to explore. The game is fun to play. I feel like a badass. My warlock is a superhero. The guns are super fun to fight. You know, I love the audio and the music. You know, so we've taken the things that people have loved and we've iterated on them. And then we've taken the things that people haven't expressed a lot of enthusiasm about. You know, it stopped being fun when this happened. Mm -hmm. Or I was having fun until that happened. Mm -hmm. And we've reinvented those things. The way you explore the worlds, the way you acquire your exotics. So that's kind of where we place our bets as developers. Take the things they love, give them more of those things in some new and exciting ways. Take the things they've complained about and break those bones, like Mark Noseworthy said. Yeah. You know? And Mark will literally break bones. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> really strong. Quite thank literally, yeah. 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 Guys, thank you so much. It was an absolute pleasure having you on the show again. Yeah. We're all really tired from E3, but I appreciate <laughs> you taking the time to come out on Tuesday, the first day that the show floor is open, to talk with us today. Yeah. Uh, we do have a tradition for our outro. We say, Guardians out and point at the camera. Are you down? Absolutely. Deej, yeah. you've done it before. You good? We say until like next this. time, and then yeah. we all go. All right, so okay. here we go. Thank you for joining us, everybody. But until next time, Guardians, Guardians out! I didn't freeze frame. I didn't freeze frame. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> Wander with us into a world of magic. Do you lack magic? Ever since I was born. I could hear the spirits of the other world. Where old stories take on a new life. If you break even one of these conditions, the consequence is death. And the world is teeming with possibilities. It's midnight, girls! They're here! Get ready to change! Well, for the last time, we're not kissing, Fritz! <laughs> Join Jenny and Madeline in this fantastical audio drama as they journey into the stories you grew up with as you've never heard them before. You are no more than a demon! Okay, Gown. Let's do this. And reinvent fairy tales with a feminist twist. Ready for your next adventure? Then we'll see you soon in the forest of feminist fairy tales.